thank you for Bo and Zach, Father, I appreciate the way that you have been revealing a lot of things to them in the last uh, year, two, three, of, of the important things that can happen for the kingdom, even in our workplace, whether we're the boss or whether we're, whether we're not. Uh, Lord, I pray blessings on them this morning as they share some things that the Lord's been showing them. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to year two, uh, first lesson. So, sorry you guys got to start out with Zach and I. So they they save the best for last in this program, and you see where we get the, <laughs> you see where where it really ranks us. Um, yeah. So faith in the workplace. Just going to share with you guys today uh, a little bit of our story and how Lord, the Lord's been using us um, and just the, kind of the, the process for me um, leading up to, to being intentional about it. And so, um, so yeah, so that, that's, that's where we're going to go this morning. Um, starting out, I'd like to say first just um, this isn't, hasn't been a, you know, a process of try harder. It's really a process of trust more, um, and 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 this wasn't something that that got laid on my head. Um, this was something that got laid on my heart, um, and and I would say it it it, it started um, probably the seed was seeded on a mission trip. Um, coming back from a mission trip, you know, you've heard Mark Hewitt's testimony about. Um, you know, he was spoken to by the Lord on, um, on on how to start love and care. And so I think a lot of times when we go out on mission trips and kind of clear our mind and clear our schedule and, and, and completely uh, release from our day-to-day, um, I don't know that the Lord chooses to speak to us then or if we choose to listen then. Um, so, but for me, I, I think it was probably choose to listen there. Um, but anyway, so... Um, see here how I want to start this off. The qualifications for that, I'll tell you, I, uh, I'm pretty excited about this. Next week's my 20-year 20 um, my, my reunion at Merkel High School, and uh, I'm really proud. I was in the top 100 of our class, and so I was looking at the invitations. We had 107. We have 107 that uh, graduated, so, um, so if, you, if, if you're anywhere in that window, I, you, you can definitely um, proceed forward with this teaching today, so <laughs> um, so I graduated high school from Merkel, went to work into a family business, second year, uh, second generation business. We're a oil and gas service business that primarily focuses on hauling uh, waste, waste fluids for the oil and gas industry. And we've been doing that since 1981. My dad started the business. And, um, and so I grew up in the business and, and went to work driving a truck for dad. And, and, and it is my 20-year class reunion. It is also my 20-year uh, anniversary at Dunning and Transport coming up this year because I went to work for him right after high school. So, anyway, with that being said, um, I ran the business largely uh, on what what can what can employees, what can the industry, what can the world do for me? Whoever dies with the most toys wins. Um, it's a more all-consuming uh, bottom line, uh, you know, business strategy. Really, what the world tells us to measure our business and success by. 
And so um, with that, I could go into a whole another story, but not going to go there today. We're going to stay on faith in the workplace. But the, through 15 years of running the business that way, I'd throw my hands up and, and didn't want to be in business anymore. After I got saved, I didn't want to be in business because there were so many triggers uh, in, in my day-to-day -day workplace of the, the, where the way we had ran the business or I'd ran the business. Um, and so I really debated on getting out. Um, and, and really not debated on getting out, was trying to find a way to get out. Um, the last four or five years, the, our industry hasn't been one that you could sell your business, so there, there wasn't really an exit, um, you know, other than just lining the equipment up and doing a fire sale. And so um, I stayed in the holding pattern there, and like I said, on a, on a mission trip, we, uh, the Lord spoke to me about, uh, you know, you always hear, well, we're this... You know, our business, our lives, it is a mission field right here. But, like, how do you get started on it? That's like a merry-go-round that's going around and you see it. But, like, how, how do you get on that, you know? And so how do you get started in, in faith in the workplace? Um, so I started praying around it. And as and soon as I did, the Lord took me first on a, a journey of uh, generosity. And this is literally a program that happens. And um, I went to Austin, but it's a small group of guys that, spend a weekend in a lake cabin or, a, uh, you know, some uh, secluded place, and, and you, turn, you talk about how to be generous. And it opened my eyes up to how generous some people are um, with, 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 with lots and not, propor you know, proportionate to what they make. Um, and, and it really, like, oh, my goodness, it, it really floored me to see how men and women uh, are, are very generous with their resources, uh, way beyond the, the 10% um, tithing and how they have kind of turned their business inside out to where it, it is, they, they fund their, their business as a ministry and that is their, their focal point. So seeing folks that had done this, uh, the Lord was, was continuing to water that seed that he planted by showing me people that were doing it. Have you guys, how many of you guys have heard of the Beaten Bows um, up in Lubbock? Rick and Holly Beaten Bow, yeah. So uh, they're home builders. Um, again, that, that was another group that I got linked in with. Um, that, that these, those guys have been doing it 27 years, being intentional about faith in the workplace. And so the, the Lord connected me there. So that's, uh, that's kind of some some leading events that, that came up to a journey of generosity, um, mission trips, getting, getting hooked up with some leaders that, had, that the Lord had put in front of me. Um, I didn't necessarily Google it and go on this big search to find some, someone. The Lord had lined that up for me. So just through networking and contacting, I ended up finding myself in places that, like, uh, well, I tell you, one place I was at is in uh, at uh, this, this crane service what, uh, in out at Atlanta and, you know, just crazy um, uh, circumstances that got us out there to, to be able to be with these guys that had been really, very intentional about their uh, workplace ministry. And so uh, the, net, the networking started. So I got, I got, got the confirmation and really equipped um, through, through these small groups, networking, and then I would say next, uh, the next step was I, I was hiring a chaplain. So about a year ago, we hired a chaplain named J.J. Uh, Heffley. And J.J., there's a whole story inside this, but real quick, um, 
JJ was up in New York, and he'd been a pastor for 20 years. And uh, a friend here locally uh, knew him, and we connected through a phone conversation, and uh, we ended up hiring JJ to come down and uh, be our company chaplain. So that's, that's kind of how we started. And uh, what that looked like for me was, um, at first, was JJ was going around doing Bible studies at these truck yards. We have several different locations, and he would go and, and meet in the morning, bring burritos, and, and do Bible studies. And then secondly, uh, I think the, the biggest, uh, well, that wouldn't be second, this would be first. The biggest thing that uh, J.J., that he encouraged me to do and, and brought scripture was to, I mean, completely surrender the business to the Lord and bring it to, you know, we all have a boardroom or a conference room or somewhere with the decision makers of the company to, uh, that we meet. And for us, it's what we call it the conference room, but, uh, but to bring prayer and surrender the business in, in, in front of the uh, decision makers for the company. And, uh, and that, was a, that was an intimate moment, right? I mean, it was a release for, for me. That was uh, me releasing the company into the Lord's hands. That was something I've struggled with because, um, man, I, since I was, I mean, I grew up with the business. That, that We didn't really have a football team in my house. We didn't have a uh, any ho really hobbies of any sort. Is it was the business, right? We had a phone that you answered. Dunning and Transport, uh, customer was everything, and so, um, and and the the harder we work in this business, the more it grows, right? And so for 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 me, and my dad's been retired for many years. For me to set and as owner of the business, as the the uh, the president of the business, and and with with my team, and and come to them and and tell them, look them in the eye and say, listen, I am not the source of this business. This is the Lord's business. This is the Lord's people. He is, we're to be a good steward of this. And for them to, and to be vulnerable and transparent and, and, and surrender. And it was emotional. I mean, it, it was, I, I can't emphasize enough what, what that looked like. Um, it, even today, thinking back on it, it, it was the pivotal point. And, and I remember J.J. being right there with me and the, and, the other leaders, you know, kind of like walking out of there saying, what, you know, what, what it was, Bose flipped his lid, right? And uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So that, that was, but that right there was a, I think it was a, a commitment that the Lord was building me up to. Uh, and since then, uh, it's, it's been a series of, of just uh, messiness, uh, processes, trials, um, but but nonetheless intentional. We you know we we are we, we have a whole um, you know the department inside our business that, that focuses on us being a uh, kingdom culture business. Um, and so the thirty thousand foot view of what that looks like uh, really encapsulate everything we'll talk about from here forward is, is loving loving people where they are. Um, a lot of our guys are in man camps, you know, away from home driving trucks, um, have a lot of, you know, bad habits that they don't want, uh, have a lot of um, loneliness, um, have, have a lot of bondage. Um, and so, so that, that's what Zach and I get to work with uh, daily. Um, and Zach's going to unpack some of that in a little bit more detail. So, uh, so hiring a pastor, started a weekly Bible study, and then brought prayers, uh, brought prayer into the conference room and meetings. So today at Dunning and Transport, um, 
we had a management meeting the other day. There's 15 of us in there. Um, we start all our meetings with prayer. Uh, Monday morning, we meet uh, first thing on Monday and uh, to hear to hear the Lord's word. Um, if you're if you're in a meeting with us with our managers, um, we we will kick our meetings off with with prayer. And we'll try to end our meetings with prayer, and that that's not just a formality. Um, it, it's not a it's not a, a religious prayer. Um, I'll tell you, the Lord puts on our heart the wisdom and the authenticity to to prayer to pray uh, words that that these that these whoever we're praying with that that you can see on their faces, believers or non-believers, um, it it penetrates people's hearts, right? When when you're speaking to the Creator of the world openly in an environment that's awkward, you know, mainstream business. Um, and the, and when people see that that boldness and that really authority, um, there's a there's a lot of response. And and, and I tell you, I've been in it with it a year. Uh, there are some things that we've prayed through real hard that are, that haven't come to fruition, but are in process. But <coughs> our leadership team has seen the Lord work in our company. And and when I say in our company, I mean the Lord's people. That's all these businesses are, right? Show me a business that's ran without people. Uh, so, so businesses are people. Um, a lot of times we think it's it's Bo Dunnigan or Scott that we, without us, you know, there would the Lord uses us. And when we surrender these businesses to the Lord, now the past year we've backed up as a business. Our our, our numbers financially have backed up. They've gone flat, but. We're, we're strengthening in areas that we've never been in, in our life. Um, we've had um, we've had solid financials m many years ago, <laughs> um, and but but our but we had no uh, real value in culture that was sustainable and multiplying. Today we have a culture that is not because of Bo, but because the Lord is is working and and developing people. Uh, through the workplace, the faith in the workplace. I, I truly believe that that if if you're in a position, uh, and we all are, we're in a position of influence. That's really what it is, um, and, and it doesn't really matter what size influence you have. Me, I have a pretty good influence uh, being the owner of the company, but you could very well as work for another business in in a specific departments and have influence and bring this kind of faith to your workplace. I'd say it starts with prayer. And then, and then truly surrendering that. What it's not, what it is not, is putting a big cross on the back of a Dunning truck or developing these holy huddles inside the business where it's a, a them versus us atmosphere. That's easy to do, though. I'll tell you, that is easy to do. Um, Zach's going to elaborate more on that uh, here, here in just a minute. Um, and then, too, you know, like I was visiting with a, a mentor of mine, and he's like, "How do you, you know? It's kind of awkward to reprimand somebody at the, and and have a Christian, you know, a Christian demeanor." And and it kind of got me on the heels, you know, like how do you hold somebody accountable and and, and at the same time call yourself, you, you know, this Christian or kingdom culture? Well, if you really want to unpack that. Loving is accountability. It's really selfish on your part not to hold Scott accountable 
because it may feel you feel you see something in Scott that he is capable of doing, but you don't want to hold him accountable because it may make you feel weird. Well, who's selfish in that spot? So it's loving accountability. It's not about employee retention. Matter of fact, I've got more stories that we've lost people that, that they either better themselves <coughs> or the, store, the Lord starts working in their life and their circumstances change and they're good, you know, they're good, good employees and they leave the company. Man, it, it, it has been a messy process, but I will tell you from running the company for 15 years, the old school way, uh, the, the bow, uh, grab it by the horns and everything flows through me, um, versus surrendering it to the Lord and being transparent about that with, with, with everybody, especially the decision makers. Um, and, and then daily, um, repenting back to what the Lord has for us, um, doesn't always look like more customers, doesn't always look like a healthier bottom line, doesn't always look like expanding into different territories. A lot of times, just like in your house and your family, you've got to, you've got to build, you've got to work and build some core strength, right, um, before you can go out and do these other things. And so, as opportunities come up and you think, you know, right now is the time to go, the Lord will show us things that say, hey, let's get on my timing and, and, and we'll, 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 we'll go down there together. And, and so that's the, the balance that I think I struggle with the most is still daily surrendering um, some of the opportunities that come in front of us to the Lord and partnerships and uh, that, that process. So... Um, Challenges and successes we've seen today. Um, being intentional, focusing, focusing on that this this is the Lord's business. We're just good stewards of it. Want to be good stewards of it. Um, things start start moving fast, or things get complicated. You want to take the wheel back. Um, I would say having somebody that you can. Um, First year it was JJ, or first six months it was JJ, and then we, Zach and I got connected in uh, like November, and um, so that two a chaplain, and then Zach came in, and we changed from the chaplain. Um, JJ's now at another church. Um, really cool to see his story. Um, JJ was been in ministry 20 years. He was wore out. He's about to get out of it. He makes some random decision to come to work as a chaplain for an oil and gas service company out in Merkel, Texas, um, like, you know, from New York. And he, the, he needed rest, and he got to rest for a year, actually one year to the date. And uh, he, took a, he took a head pastor job in Atlanta, Georgia, south of Atlanta, Georgia, at a pretty good-sized church, six, 700. Hit the ground running last month. Um, whole story in front of that. Now, today, we, if you... I stay connected with Rick Holly Beaton Bow Up Lubbock. So we one thing they one of the titles that we we've kind of taken from their learnings is a connections coordinator. One thing that the chaplain did for us is that you know when you go into a 
speaking for our business, but we, you know, you go into the uh, break room in the morning, the coffee pot, and the drivers around, and you know, the chaplain walks in, and they're slinging the four-letter words, and then they'll they'll kind of, oh, J you know, JJ, the chaplain's here, you know, and watch what you say, and we don't want that. We want them to be who they are, where they are, meet them where they are. Um, so, by changing um, some of the title, and then just having um, somebody like Zach that that's uh, as y'all know that can relate with you and, and spark a conversation like that and truly meet you where you are connections coordinator and what that looks like is uh golly zach was out in midland odessa yesterday at a man camp of about 30 men uh, barbecue and feed and uh you know just hearing stories he had two missionaries that we went and picked up from oklahoma fairview oklahoma and they went and stayed the weekend. Matter of fact, they're there right now. We've got to go pick them up this afternoon. But they stayed the weekend in, in Midland. So it's just ways that we're loving on those guys out in the man camp of, uh, of Midland Odessa. <laughs> we planned this a month ago, way before the, uh, all the stuff happened out in Midland. Uh, we, we do things like this. We've got to get better at it. Uh, but they want to be heard. They're very responsive to the word. Most of them have been to church. Most of them have heard the word of God. Most of them believe in God. Uh, but most of them are not living that, uh, living that out by any means. Uh, but they want to. They just don't know how in their environment, right? Uh, so just try, trying to figure out what, what that looks like as a company, how we can be um, some, some kind of a foundation for, for men. And I say men, we, predominantly 95% men in, in our business. Um, but figuring out ways that we can serve the, the men and women out, especially in these man camps, is something that we've been really intentional about. We have, we do have three Bible studies going uh, at truck yards that that we there's not a chaplain or JJ or uh, Zach going out. They're independent um, themselves, led by um, not not a manager, just one of the drivers. Um, so that's something that we like to celebrate. Um, being intentional about celebrating little things like birthdays, anniversaries, um, um, tenure dates, um, accomplishments, just making people feel good. We're not great at that, but we're learning to get better at that. Uh, some successes. And then, two, just having enough people to go around. I would say, you know, with it, in, in our business, you think, well, like I'll hire it for our trucks. No problem ever would we neglect one thing. I neglect trucks equipment, right? You just don't do that. They have to be maintenance. I mean, I, we will. If our trucks are breaking down or getting DOT tickets, we will hire mechanics on just a flash, 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 flash. No problem. Why don't we do that for our people? You know. Um, so Zach and I are planning on what you know. What does what does truly? How many people do we need to do this right? And, and am I willing to take take that step to to invest in in that? Because it, you can't do it. You can't do a hundred people with one guy. Um, so, and do we empower within? Uh, do we bring in guys from outside? It's a little bit of both. It's a recipe. The Lord gives you DNA for all this. Just prayer. Everybody's looks different. But that's the season we're in. So, anyway, that that's the thirty thousand foot view of. My story, I know uh, not super technical, uh, just a little bit of a testimony. Um, there, are, there are some key things, though, like that, that 
regardless what the DNA the Lord gives you for your workplace, whether you own a business or you, uh, you, you know, you're an employee and work at a, at a place, large or small, there is an opportunity for, for you to bring faith into the workplace. Uh, it starts with prayer and then uh, not trying harder, but, but trusting more and letting the Lord show you um, what, what his DNA or recipe is for that, for that particular business. Uh, that you, you guys are in. Businesses are a blessing. They're not to be kept separate from our faith and who we are. Um, and, and, then, and then lastly, I would say that uh, the foundation of it all, like, like, like all, is just loving, loving people where they are, regardless of their circumstance, uh, but maturing at heart to be able to do that. So anyway, thank you all for letting me share. I'm going to hand it over to Zach. Appreciate it, Bo. You guys know it's not easy for a guy to get up here that owns a business and start talking about himself in front of all you guys. That's not the heart of that. Y'all know that, right? Okay. Because it's it's not it's not easy at all to to get up here and do any of this. To be honest with you, uh, no matter where you're at. But ha just show hands. How many of you guys do own your own business? <clears throat> How many of you don't? Every hand go up. Okay, good. <laughs> you got to be somewhere. Uh, hey, on the count of three, say this. Say, I'm a connector. One, two, three. I'm a connector. Okay. That, that, you, that's the deal. All right? You, you are a connector of people, whether you realize it or not. And that's really all that it really ever boils down to. Um, being the hands and feet of Jesus does not mean you have to be Jesus. This isn't about being perfect. This isn't about performing, for sure. I mean, remember back when we began Man Academy last year, we talked about identity was the very first ever lesson. Okay, so that's still the foundation to any of this. But what you do have to be is willing, and that's it. You, you hear guys say, I'm in marriage ministry, I'm in deliverance ministry, I'm in children's youth ministry, I'm in you know, men's ministry, like, whatever. You're, if you're in ministry at any degree, which I think all you guys are, you're in ministry in your home, you're just in willing ministry. That means you're surrendered and saying, okay, Lord, will you use me? And then, like both said, trusting, and then taking one step. It doesn't mean you've got to know the plan and what it's going to look like. That's why it gets messy. But if you'll take the step, he'll use you in an amazing way. And the reason I say you're a connector is because really all, you, all responsibility, if, if that, that might not even be the best word, but we all get responsibility, is taking this guy or lady and connecting them to a source that can help them. That is no, there's no challenge in that. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's just being willing and being obedient. And so... There's so many different things I could talk about in terms of stories. I think the best way for me to pick up off a bow is uh, to reiterate a couple of things. Vulnerability. Without it, you, have, you don't have any relationship whatsoever. You can fool yourself into believing that you do, but you don't. If you are posing, pretending to be something that you're not around other human beings, then it is all face value and it is going nowhere. There's no depths. And you can operate that way. But you won't build a kingdom culture within any relationships that you have if you're not vulnerable. You just won't do it. That doesn't mean you've got to walk up to somebody in your workplace that you never met and said, hey, man, you know, watch porn this morning. <laughs> I'm not saying you, you have to vomit, you know. What I am saying, though, is if, if you're willing and you're prayerful and you're vulnerable, what happens is transparency breeds transparency. 
And so when you're transparent with a human being, they'll be transparent with you. Maybe not in that exact moment, but th then one thing is important is <clears throat> following through. It's actually easy once you get the, the hang of connecting with people to, to learn about them, then learn about you. Where, where the enemy, when that starts to happen, what I've seen is where the enemy comes and he puts the reins on that real quick because he doesn't want you to go any further because he knows that the kingdom's fixing to advance. Well, how many of you guys know there's a kingdom of darkness? Okay, so we have to be mindful of what we're up against when we're around other people. And this could be 100 employees, and it could be one, and it could just be you. This may, be, this may not have anything to do with your workplace. This may be, at, go back into your home. This may be about that. You know, but, but wherever you are, you've got to start somewhere. So here, here's where we believe the, the most effective thing you could do. Um, modeling Jesus. You want to write this down. Modeling Jesus is as effective, if not more effective, than anything we will ever do for the kingdom. Modeling Jesus <clears throat> is as effective, if not more effective, than anything we will ever do for the kingdom. Modeling. So then, if, if that's the case, then I've got to know what are the characteristics of Christ. And there's a lot because he's everything. You know, there's, you could just, we could pass a paper around and you could all write down what's the first you know, thought that comes to your mind when you think about who the man of Jesus is. And you'd all write something down. Some of you would write the same things down. Some of you would get super spiritual. Some of you would try to come up with something clever that no one else said. That's me. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm talking about the man you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the man who, like, historically who we know was here on earth. That man. Like, our schools could teach a history class, and Jesus could be a historical figure, figure, whether you're a believer or not. There was a factual man. Every religion out there would agree with that, whether they are believing, you know, and the Muslim would tell you, yeah, Jesus was a human being here. But then they would have a different belief system attached to it. So I'm talking about the actual physical human being. Characteristics of Jesus, um, and I need to email these to Randy, and you can we can get these out because because there's scriptures attached to each one. I'm not going to go through all those, but loving. These are things. When I say if you emulate Christ, if you can do one of these things, working towards all of these things, you're moving the ball down the field. Loving, <clears throat> forgiving, humility. How many of you guys struggle with that? Any pride in the room? That's what Bo's talking about. Try harder. That's pride. <clears throat> compassion. I struggle with compassion. You know, I have that attitude sometimes of, well, just get it done. You know, the coach comes out sometimes and says, just get it done. Like what? And I don't really care about your circumstance or what's hard in your life. Everyone's life is hard. Get over it. Life's tough. You know, it's easy to do that. Gentleness. Self-control, battle with that one too. Anybody else battle with that one? <laughs> See, this is a conviction piece. Patience, anybody? <laughs> Obedience. These are th these are these are characteristics of Christ. Honesty. Both said prayerful. Yeah, you know, Jesus prayed. So these are things. 
Like I'd call these men, these are action items. These are things you can actually do. You can actually ask the Lord to help you be compassionate. Maybe see something from someone else's perspective. And like I said, there, I've, got, I've got a scripture attached to each one of those. But so, so when we get going like that, that's, that's the goal. It is not to be perfect, not to have some sort of awesome game plan, surely not to have, uh, we do have some metrics on things like gauging some stuff just so we know, so, so we're being mindful to follow through with what we're wanting to do, you know. But at the same time, when you submit yourself to the Lord, he may change the game plan on you. You know, it happens a lot. You know, like, uh, I mean, there's, there's so many ways. Um, Proverbs 14.23 says, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Proverbs 14.23, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. You know, you know Bo Lacey? Anybody know Bo? Bo used to live here. He moved. He's a good buddy of mine. I did a poll one time, and I was asking a bunch of buddies about, uh, when, you, when you hear the name Jesus, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I got all sorts of different answers. And he said, uh, verb. That's all he said back. He's a verb. But never heard anybody say that. I started thinking about it. And it's true. Although Jesus was a person, he also was an action taker. You know? And so you can be one of two things. You can be either on this side and make a lot of excuses and say, well, I'm not qualified or I can't or I don't own the business or I'm not really around a whole lot of people or I, you know, I don't have, you know, just the list goes on and on. You can do that or you can just take action. Just do one or the other. But if you'll take action and you're prayerful and you're willing and you're, you're you know, pursuing the Lord through some characteristics, saying, God, you know, if, if, if emulating Jesus is the, the, the most effective thing I can do to advance the kingdom, help me be more like Jesus. You know, Holy Spirit, would you, you, God, when Jesus left, he said, I've got to go and it's to your advantage that I leave. And I'm going to send a helper so that you can go do, and you all know the rest of the story. So like what I'm talking about really simply is asking the Holy Spirit to give you an advantage in your day. Because he wants to do that. That's where our access comes from, and that's where we hear from God. That's how we can even be obedient. That's how we can even really truly um, receive some of these things that maybe we struggle with, so that we can be, not, not say a better guy, or a better Christian, or anything like that, but just so that we can honor and glorify God, and understand fear of the Lord, because that's really what it comes down to. And I love how what Bo says, like, you don't, you don't wake up, put on your clothes, and go to work, and say, okay, God, I'll be back. <laughs> when I get home tonight, hang out, and then come back, and then check back into him. Like, there is no, do you know in the Hebrew language, we learned this at Beaten Bows, there, in the Hebrew language, and I looked this up, there's no word for secular. It doesn't exist. The world created that idea, that concept, that they're secular, that you've got to go to work, and you've got to, you've got to get in this box when you go do that. You know, and, and, and crazily, people teach that at a high level. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, my, my charge would be, Man, just go, go love on people like you've been loved on. Because everybody in here has experienced some sort of breakthrough in your life because you've been invited to something, included into something. Um, I mean, heck, this room right here. You're invited into this. You decided to come to this. You're included in this. You've roundtable with guys. You've gone to boot camps. You've done the fire teams. You've done, man, the things that the Lord has shown up in your life through, just do those things with other people. Because the reason is because you're an expert at that. You guys are fully trained and equipped. Like, you are, you're the A-team. Man, you guys are incredible at that. But when Bo says it gets messy, what you have to be willing to do in faith in the workplace is, uh, like, this prime example, this happened two days ago, is you have to be able to be willing to, um, what Mark Hewitt would say is, hand a guy a sandwich, with, uh, a homeless guy in the street, hand him a sandwich and him look at you and say, hey, I don't like mayonnaise. 
You say, okay, I'll be right back. And go get him one mustard, so I'm so sorry about that. Well, I don't like bologna. Okay, hold on, I'll be right back. Like, are, are you willing to do that? That's hard. That's hard to do. So two days ago, we got a barbecue at our office down here for the office staff and for the shop. It was real small, and really we only did it because we were taking a pit to, Met to Midland the next day. And so we just kind of stopped it, really, to make sure we knew how to work it. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you met Bobby, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so anyway, it worked great. But you know, those, those drivers swing, swing in and out of that yard and see that. Well, I had a plan for that. But here's what I know, is on Wednesday when we decided to do this, is these guys work 24-7. They don't, they don't, they'll get on location 60 miles from here. They can't come for a lunch break at the office. So there's no come grab a sandwich. It just doesn't work, right? And so there, and we, we didn't have advance to cook stuff ahead. Bobby's bringing stuff at 8 o'clock that morning. Bottom line was, here was the plan. The plan was I got with the lead driver. I got him to message all the guys, add me to the group, and uh, let them know that when they got off of work, there would be barbecue waiting for them. I'll keep the pit warm as long as I can. If not, I'll, I'll package all of this pulled pork into individual full packages and put them in a refrigerated cooler so you can take it home. And the first response was, you can keep your scraps. <laughs> How about that? So what do you want to say to that? Well, true or false? Okay, so here's the thing though. I've been trying to connect with this guy for eight weeks and he's running from me. And I know he's struggling. So that's not how I responded. And that, that, that bread, transparency breeds transparency. That, that, that message got interesting, you know. And so, yeah, it is what it is. And then, and then at the end of the night, and then one guy was, I'm not going to get into it. There was a bunch of them. But I did exactly what I said I was going to do. Follow through. And, uh, and that's hard, man. It's hard to do that. But you, got, you just love. Love wins. Y'all know that. So what it, what it comes down to is we, we want to do a better job serving. I'll, so if I step out of myself and see this from his perspective, why would he say that? Obviously, he feels underappreciated or undervalued in some sort of way. So my job as a connector, connections coordinator is to bring value in, in kingdom culture. Okay, so that, all that does is really that gives me an advantage to know how to work in that relationship. Okay, he is an orphan for sure. And so a worldly response to that would be the easy thing to do, okay? So I'm not up here suggesting do the easy things. So I got a plan for that. We'll see what happens. The next day, take the cooker to Midland. And these guys, it's different out there. They're out there three or four months at a time, you know, so, that, so the gratitude goes way high. And they're very appreciative. We got some cool stuff going on out there. We're in the middle of the deal. As it gets going, we got a bunch of guys from Louisiana and Mississippi I lost a bet, had to wear an LSU shirt. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and then you got, these other, you got some Hispanic guys. You got some white guys. We got a couple missionary guys. It's just, it's, it's, it's very uh, multicultural. It's awesome. It's a really cool dynamic. You wouldn't believe it. It's, it's crazy out there. And a lot of people, what, what do you know about people? People run to money. Go to Midland, Odessa, man. It, 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 is, it just looks like America. It's, it's everything, every size. And so... <laughs> We're out there, and as, as the night gets going, I, mean, I cook all day long, man. I'm just, I, right now, I'm just, I mean, I'm just, right now, I'm covered in smoke. Anyway, well, I like doing that, so that's kind of fun. Um, I start noticing, like, some of, the, some of the black guys go over here, some of the white guys go over here, and, some of the, and they kind of just start, and they're all good, they're buddies, but, but really, though, some of these guys are related, they're cut there, 
And what, I, what then I really realized was we were going over there because they got a bottle of tequila and some crown. Okay? Whatever. And so, you know, I, I'm just kind of just watching this whole thing. So what's, what's, what's interesting is if Chaplin was there, they wouldn't have done that. They'd have probably went to their camp or went running around, driving around, or gone into town and gotten twisted off and come back. So, like, really picking what, what's, we're grown men. So I'll just take a chair and go sit right down in the middle of it, hang out with them. You know, they call me Coach V. They don't call me anything else. Like, they, we talked about everything in the world. You know, and so, so in doing that, man, we're, we're working through what we have, like, we we'll call a funnel. You have these things that you do, you know. Send out a daily email. It's a daily devotional. And, and it goes out to everyone in the company. So I'll do that. Well, that's just a thing. But what it does is it's catch. catches a few people's attention, get a little communication. I see who does it. And then the next thing is I want to get down to a group, maybe get out to a yard once a week to each place, which is kind of hard to do. It's where we need more people. But you, know, you do that, and you try to catch more, and then you come down. And what it boils down to is you just want some one-on-one -on -one time with some guys. At the end of the night, we're laying our hands on guys named Spanky, who's yeah, a guy named Spanky, <laughs> who, who's got second... Uh, colon cancer surgery coming up October 1st. And I'm pretty sure we got one guy over there around that that had never been around anybody praying for somebody in his life. And, I, and he may be on seven beers, I don't know. But I don't care. Because God, I mean, I, I think the Holy Spirit can come and do whatever he wants to be because we're willing to do that. And so, now I'm hitting up Bo to build us a camper, I mean, uh, a cooker. Because I learned over the last few days, cooking helps. Taking burritos is one thing, but cooking, men, fires, another level. So. Yeah, incense. Ding, ding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Here's another example, Messi. Uh, had, a, had, a, had a young guy out at the Sweetwater truck yard months ago who got... Uh, we're doing some Bible studies. It, 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 by the way, to try to do this without the Word, you're, you'll fail. I mean, you've got to have a foundation to go back to. It, it doesn't mean you've got to become a preacher. In fact, we don't want that either. We don't want guys to get sermon on the mounds at truck yards. So we have a really simple uh, system we give them, you know, because they don't have a lot of time either. You've know, you got five guys. Imagine five guys sitting down, and the first time in their life, they've decided to listen to some guy talk about the Bible. Uh, you know, if they're just getting preached at one more time, like they did 10 years ago. It's just the same old stroke. Like, so they don't want to do that. So it's more trying to make it more relational. Um, so we're one of these deals uh, in Sweetwater, and uh, this guy, young guy, uh, we're, we're, we lay on one word, you know, treat, treat others how you want to be treated. He says, is that how you go to heaven? No, it's not how you go to heaven. And we start talking to him about surrendering his life to Jesus Christ, what salvation looks like, what, what, what that, doing it the right way, what that looks like. And so he does it right there, man. We, we're right there, there's five or six guys in the truck yard, 6.30 in the morning, this guy gives his life to Christ. The very next week, we take a tank, a horse trough tank out there. We baptize him. His, and he was afraid. He's Catholic, and he, he thought that he had to go through all these steps and wait for church on six months down the road. We're like, man, just look what this says. This isn't, I didn't write this. Here's what this says. You know, get, get saved, be baptized. There's not a lot of process in between that. Just do this, do that. And, that, and it was helpful because we had some missionaries that we lean on. That, you know, you get, what happens is when you get around people that start talking about things like this, it, it somehow gives you permission to just do it. That works both ways. Be careful who you hang around. Yeah. All right, so I've, done, I've been both. I've been both. Uh, so this cat, he, you know, he gets saved. Decide, and the other hang-up was he was fearful that no one would come to see him get baptized. Uh, he's got an abusive dad, alcoholic background. I mean, he, he, this is all of it. You name it. 
Uh, whole family shows up. 6.30 morning next week. It's 40 degrees. Dude gets baptized. It's cold. <laughs> cold. Then we fired him. Messy. This ain't go be a Christian and now all of a sudden you work up the ranks and you get paid more money and da 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 A couple months later he got a DWI. CDL business, man. You can't drop for a year. Now, the kingdom goes, let's find out why. Bring him in. Sit down, visit with him. Share our testimony. Take him to lunch. He didn't know. DWI over here. I could have 50 DWIs. So now we're level. End up giving him an opportunity to come into town to have a different position in our company, and it just didn't fit. It was a trial. It just didn't fit. He didn't have the skill sets to do it. Tried to. He, he, he had a hard time. Everybody had a hard time. Every, everything was hard. So a month later, when I say fire, that there was, it was terminated. got terminated. But, um, but I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. And then I followed up and talked to him. But I guarantee you, when that CDL comes back around, we'll get a phone call the day that he's back and ready to drive. And he'll have a job. He's an excellent driver. He's a great young man. But... There's also accountability. So it, it, it's it, we're not suggesting that you create something like Bo said, holy huddle, so that then all these other guys that don't believe can then throw stones at the Christianese and say, well, they're, they're getting that extra just because they're the Christians, and they're getting that. And they're, no way. No way. If, if you go into something, uh, 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 try to bring a kingdom culture, and you turn into a religiosity factory, the enemy will kick your butt all over the field. And, and we're learning that too, trial and error. You know, it, it's, it is. Because you can draw a flow chart out on your business and say, well, this person's for these people and these people, so surely here's who should run this Bible study and here's who should lead this and here's who... And it really don't work that way. You just kind of throw it out there. I mean, you keep being mindful that, you know, Jesus used super unqualified people, you know, by our standards or how we look at it. Bo didn't know about that message, keep your scraps. <laughs> that was his guy. I'm kidding. Um, connections. I got to tell you guys another quick story. So the beaten bow thing. Only a couple of you guys knew them. What's cool? So like, here, here's how this works. JJ, who Bo talks about. JJ comes here from New York, and it, it's almost like sabbatical for him. Kind of the season of life, like Bo explained. Uh, he's 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 out doing what he's supposed to be doing. He, what happened is he found his calling. But what he did for us, and primarily for Bo, is he connected Bo to a source that would show him another piece to the puzzle. He had experienced generosity, missions, um, and, and, and Bo had even experienced um, a family member that, that runs a cool ministry through his real estate firm in Austin. And, and it's, he's a very analytical guy, so he keeps gauges and things. And if you saw it, you'd go, oh, no. It's great, but I don't know. Anyway, so... Uh, what the beaten bow brought puzzle piece to was that who, who's the owners in here of companies? You're the spiritual leader of your business. If you try to hire that out, you'll fail. You are the spiritual leader. Whether you got one person working for you or it's, it's, maybe it's through um, advancing the kingdom through customers or clients or how you live your life, you're the spiritual leader. That's what, that's what we saw at the beaten bows is there was a man who surrendered his business to the Lord but understood that he's the spiritual leader. Because no matter what he tries to do, everyone that works for him looks at him as the supreme leader of that thing. He cannot hire out the spiritual leader piece and let the chaplain do it. 
it, it also, he doesn't, that doesn't mean he has to become a preacher or some kind of monk. But he is, a, just like, this goes back into your home. You're the spiritual leader of your home. That's a hard concept because that's heavy, and it feels like that means more responsibility. What it really means is more trust. That doesn't bring on any more tasks or anything like that. The enemy will heavy you up with all that, but those are all lies. And so I, what's cool is I've got to see that. I've got to watch that happen and see that and even sit down in a, in a, in a little meeting with Bo and his cousin who led him to the Lord. I'm talking about great people. I'm not talking about, I mean, but just to give, paint a picture, sit down at a table and that guy had his connections or ministry guy and I'm there and we're talking and I asked his, because we're gaining great insight from some of the things they're doing. I mean, some of the stuff's amazing. And I asked him, so who's, are you the spiritual leader? He said, I've never really looked at myself like that. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Because I, I think if he figured that out, I think his, his ministry would, would get, become supernatural because the places, the pieces are all in place. It's just like, He's relying on, on man maybe to move him. And, and I'm not talking, that, that's just isn't to come up here. Like the Lord will show you a lot of things because what it boils down to is you having your own DNA in what you're doing. And you don't have to hire that out even for a connections guy. You could, you could be an employee in here, work, work for a company, and, and maybe toxic. Who's in a toxic environment in your workplace? Okay, go change the thermostat. Write down this book, Coffee Bean. We gave this out to our leadership guys. All the guys that went, basically went to boot camp last year. Write down the book. It's, man, a, a seven-year-old can read the coffee bean, so you've got no excuses. That's not just for the guys who struggle in their workplace. This is an excellent book. It's by John Gordon. Y'all know who John Gordon is? Yeah. The Energy Bus. He's great, man. His, his books are great. They're easy to read. The Carpenter, maybe one of the best books you'll ever read in your life. But John Gordon, uh, he speaks to a lot of pro teams, a lot of NFL teams. He's got a lot of influence. And anywhere there's team dynamics, he's got tons and tons of influence. But he writes this book about the coffee bean. And he talks about um, how you can take uh, a coffee bean, a carrot, and an egg, and you can put them all in the same element, and they all three do different things. You can put an egg into boiling water, and what does it do? It hardens up. You can take a carrot, put it in boiling water, what does it do? It softens up. You can take a bean, put it in boiling water, what does it do? It changes the coffee. It changes the boiling water. It changes the element in the environment. So if, if you find yourself in a toxic environment, you make the choice, your free will, if you're going to be an egg, carrot, or bean. Sounds silly. It's a great book, man. And for these guys that have kids, it's really good. It's simple. I mean, how long did it take you to read it? For half an hour. Bo graduated 101 out of 107. You guys get the book. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a really good one. I mean, and I'm not trying to plug a book like y'all know what I'm saying. It's just when you come across something, here, here's the thing about the kingdom. When you come across something that's good, share it. Share it, man. You, you just never know. Like, that, that's really all that we're talking about. That's really all that we're talking about. Um, Proverbs 16.3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he'll establish, the, establish your plans. So I'm also suggesting, if you ask Bo, hey, Bo, what's your, what's your ministry goal five years from now in Dunnigan Transport? <laughs> we ain't got one. <laughs> what do you mean you ain't got one? Commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. That, that's what we're leaning on. You know? Now, that doesn't mean we don't have ideas and thoughts. 
like you mentioned, we want to get some missionaries out there. We'd like to, we have a, we have a house for a guy. We could, we could put a full-time missionary out in Midland right now if we found one. And, you know, you think about that and say, well, nobody wants to do that. Yeah, they do. People go across the world to go do mission work. There's a, it's, it's as it's messy as anywhere in the United States of America, two and a half hours from here. So if any of you guys come across a guy that's single, that's in the mission world, that, that's looking for something like that, that's just got the itch. You know, you're getting around a person that's got a missionary in their heart, like they, they get away from it. It's almost like they're addicted to it. They just could lose their minds. They just got to get out and keep doing that. Y'all come across that, please let us know, because I think that would be an awesome partnership. Because here's what happens is a connection to people. I didn't know Bo Dunnigan three years ago. I met him right here. Right here, in this environment. And, and out, I've told my story to a lot of you guys about some of the hardships and stuff, but the cool side of my story is I got saved through Marketplace Ministry. I got, part, got involved in the business, and there were people there who emulated Christ. They were transparent, vulnerable. They did all the things I'm talking about. I got led to the Lord, got set free, got delivered. The whole nine yards, man, marriage got healed. Everything got radically changed in my life because there were believers in a company that didn't care whether or not, you know, that, what anyone thought about being a believer because they were willing to die for it. That's what Chris Zuniga said yesterday. I said, you guys really believe in Jesus? He goes, I'm willing to die for it. Are, are, are we that? Are y'all? Okay. Then, then surely you can tell someone about how, you know, emulate Jesus around your buddies. Golly, these are your buddies. Some of them, some of them you can't stand. Those are the harder ones. Keep your scraps. I wish I could read those. Anyway, we, we've already landed the plane. I got a lot more to tell you guys about. But, but the cool thing about going back to that connection piece is, uh, so, so but back, back to this real quick, what, you know, about a year ago, coming up this next month, man, I, got, I was working from home with a whole lot of hours of time freedom on my hands. Coming out of coaching, working 80 hours a week to 10 hours a week, man, life was actually pretty good, but it got real complacent. And I, I'd have, I was just like going crazy. I got to get a house. And so my wife and I were, were battling, you know, and we're not, I don't think we're designed to live 80 hours a week with our wife. That's hard. That's hard recipe. Like, <laughs> well, hard. But I did that for three years by the grace of God. Uh, but she wanted, she wanted my butt out of that, out of the house too. So that all, all I know how to do is coach, man. That's all I know how to do. So my degree, if I go back into doing some work, and I don't want to go do that. God love coaches, but, man, it's not what I was called to do. I tried it. Um, and so I, I just kind of, who, 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 who do I know that I trust that I could talk to? So I called one guy and talked to him. I talked to Randy. Just like, hey, I'm, I think I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm looking for a job. I'm, like, employable. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of, for three years, got real boastful about being my own boss. And uh, so, so some humility had to sit in. But my wife said, why don't you call Bo Dunnigan? And I said, you don't even know who Bo Dunnigan is. She goes, I know. And she didn't. Never met him. She said, I know. But every time you walk into that church, you pass thousands of people, and you always stop and talk to him. Listen to your wives. They'll notice things maybe we don't notice. I mean, it's incredible. So I called Bo, and we went and had lunch the very next Friday. The day after he got back from his first ever trip to the Beaten Bows. And what the Lord put in his heart was, he's looking for me, for, a, for another one of these guys. I didn't know that. He didn't know me. He didn't know I did. So it just kind of, how, how did that happen? It just, it just happened. It just happened. Neat stuff. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. And so I say all that to say, one of the guys I'm most attracted to is Randy Boyd. Man, when he speaks, I'm just, there's something about him. He offices at Beaten Bow Homes. In Lubbock. He's one of the spiritual you know, leaders of, our, of, of what we all are you know, blanketed by. 
You know, so, so you start looking at the Lord. The, the reason I say you're a connector is because if you've submitted yourself to the Lord, he's in the connection business. Jesus is the greatest networker in the history of the world. It, he built a net and it worked. And it's still working. It ain't a broken model. It only gets tethered and screws up when we try to impose our own way on it. Do you understand? And so any, you can be in any place in what you're doing, and you can go advance the kingdom. And, and I actually look as a group, as a whole, imagine what we can do. And it doesn't have to be, um, a lot of the times, the last thing I'll say to all, all this, a lot of the things that the Lord will do, you don't really ever get to see. You don't always get to see the fruit. And you have to be okay with that. So it, there's also a part of submitting the results to the Lord too, not just the plan. We're so result-driven, in the, and I am. I know a lot of you guys, you home building, there's a result. It's a big, I bet a lot of the focus goes on to that. If I don't talk about the nails and the, the, all the other stuff, you know, with the home buyer, they, it's just the result. But the, the, the process is where it's cool. And so submitting that result, just like you submit the process, the plan, and all that, I'd say is also critical. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. And we ain't got it, we ain't got it figured out, guys. Any, any help, any thought, any ideas? I mean, like, what we're going to do now for the next little bit of time. What did he say? say one more yeah, you do. Uh, oh, gosh. Is that, you know, if you're, you're in a position where you think, well, you can just hire a chaplain, uh, and I don't want this to come across the way, or hire, you know, find some of your church buddies and, like, just in a flow chart of a business, like, you know, plug him in, you know, somewhere and think, well, that's just going to be, you know, our kingdom culture or our, our, our step in the direction to having a, you know, ministry business. It's not, it, our, for me, uh, and I don't think for you guys, it's going to happen that way. And I said something to Zach when I said a, you know, connections coordinator. And not that we don't get hung up in titles, but he's not. He's a director. He's connections director. And the reason that is important in our organization is because we have three directors. I have an operations director, I have a business director, and I have a, co a, coordination, a coordinator director. So on our flow chart, I'm the owner, I'm the president, uh, the owner of the business, right below those three. So in every meeting, every executive meeting, every decision-making meeting, Zach sits in on those um, at, at a level with the same authority that our operations director that's been with us for 15 years and our business director that's been with us for 15 years. And he had influence on direction of the, our decisions. He has influence on our decisions for the direction it's going to take our company. So it's not something you can plug in at the bottom of the flow chart. However, a kingdom culture comes from the bottom of the flow chart up, not from the flow chart down. So the business, the decision, our structure is kind of a top up, uh, top down, but then our ministry is more a bottoms up ministry. But it's, I just wanted to reiterate, and Zach holds that position for us. So I may say, saying, hey, we're going to go put trucks in Breaking Ridge. Well, Zach would start going and making sure that it's, you know, hey, Bo, we're not even sound. You know, he would have an influence on that decision. And you have to give him that kind of power and authority to do that. So that's something that goes, goes, goes in. Yeah, it integrated is the word. And, that, and I think that has helped. One thing we learned when, when J.J. was here as a chaplain was that the, one of the struggles of that was because it was just a chaplain. If he was integrated and had a role that also brought to the table in the business way of it, um, then what that does is it also allows other people in the business to see how they can be a part of the kingdom side of it too. Does that make sense? 
Okay. All right. Well, we're good. 